listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. All right. Good morning, everyone. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show on the game. Today is Monday. December 18, 2017, our special guest today will be the new IBF champion from Minnesota, Caleb Truax. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, the creator and founder of BadCulture.net, contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? What's good in Inglewood? What's good, RB? Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another week of boxing. We're closing in on the holiday, so the action is going to slow down a little bit, but we're going to still keep it hot. Today, I'll be at the Marquis Garcia, Sergey Lipinets press conference here in Los Angeles Ooh. to officially announce their fight before they head off to Texas. So uh, look out for me with that. But today, we're going to talk about the fights from the weekend and get some good Jake's tape. How are you doing today, RB? Man, I'm good. How you doing, good. RB? I'm good. I'm still in Philly. It's cold here. It's already snowed like three times. I'm ready to get Jesus. back to Phoenix. Uh, but it looks like I'll be on the East Coast a lot early next year, so I'm trying to get, you know, acclimated to this weather. But all was good. There was fights Friday night. Saturday night we're going to open up and do some fight recaps and got a really good segment with Jake Donovan today. Um, I feel like every week that segment Jake's takes just keeps getting better mm-hmm. and more popular. So we're going to have a really good segment with him today. And then, you know, we saw that Caleb Truax went over and, and beat James DeGale a couple weeks ago, and he's finally back in the United States. So we're very fortunate to have him joining Definitely. us this morning as well. Yeah, we got a good show lined up. Even when boxing slows down, your girls we are being day. We just managed to keep it moving, right? Uh, right. I feel like I sound hella husky today, like, good morning. Like, this is quiet <laughs> storm, RB&J. Today on RB&J, we're going to talk about some boxing today. <laughs> So we're doing we're doing right. quiet storm in the morning. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Friday from Lancaster, California, on Fox Sports One. Former welterweight world champion Jesse Vargas dropped Aaron Herrera, earned himself a unanimous decision victory in the main event. After the fight, Jesse Vargas said he did feel some ring rust. Uh, he called out guys like Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia. He wants the winner of Spence Peterson, which kind of really confuses me because he's going to be the B side in all of those fights, and he kind of left top rank and bought himself out of his top rank contract because he didn't want to be the B-side anymore. And, you know, he was offered a fight with Mike Alvarado for, like, 200 grand, and he was like, no, I'm I'm worth more than that. I'm I'm better than that. And, you know, look at the guys who he's calling out now. Uh, So, anyway, Jay, how'd the fight go? Break it down. The fight went good. Uh, Jesse Vargas dominated the action from the beginning to the end. What was surprising to me was that he could not put um, his uh, opponent Herrera away like we had seen him do in some past fights. He definitely dominated the action, and I'm sure Ring Russ played a factor because he's been out of the ring a long, long time as he sat and lay in wait with what was happening with him over at top rank, figuring out what he wanted to do with his con- with his contract. But he looked good. Another trainer again. If you've listened to our show before, you know we've had Vargas on before, and we've played a game with him called Wheel of Trainers, and we were just doing it in jest. Do you realize, RB, since the last time we had Vargas on with him, he's had two more trainers? And it wasn't that long yes. ago. Wheel of Trainers. 
But other than that, it was a good showing for him. As you mentioned, he will be the B-side in any of these fights. Thurman, Garcia, Porter, Errol Spence, these are, are earners for PBC. These will definitely be preferred mm-hmm. competitors, but maybe it's more palpable to be the B-side when you'll probably make more money, or maybe he won't make more money. We'll just have mm-hmm. to see how this plays out. But this was a, a decisive win for him, and hopefully with all these welterweights over on the PBC PBC side, he can get back in there right away and and just get the rust mm-hmm. off him. Yeah, well, a little bit of word on the curb is that, you know, when he bought himself out of the top line contract, and it was for about 300000 if not a little more, around three three fifty is the word on the curb. And mm-hmm. um, he really wanted to get out of there, and he wanted to fight the bigger name. And so this is where he is. So I honestly think that he could very well get the winner of Spence Peterson because, Jay, who mm. else is calling out Earl Spence? <laughs> Nobody. A little key sweat Nobody, for you. Nobody, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to chill. I guess it's right. coffee in me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, who else is really even mentioning Earl Spence's name besides maybe like Terrence Crawford? And we know how long that's going to take. Um, so, yeah, Jesse Vargas, yeah, he probably could get the winner of Spence Peterson next, especially if Earl Spence wins, hands down. So anyway, you know what? Hmm? Wait, back on, just on that real briefly, if he gets the winner of Spence, uh, Spence's next fight, Spence Peterson, and let's just say in a worst case, well, let's just not even play around. Obviously, the favorite going into that fight would be Errol Spence. And we've noticed that some of the yeah. top of the division has said, or some of the other people in his division over on the PB side said that he doesn't have a name and he needs some more names on his resume mm-hmm. before he steps up like Thurman has mentioned it. Yep. You have a Jesse Vargas who's been in with Tim Bradley and Manny Pacquiao. If Spence speaks Jesse Vargas, do you think Keith Thurman changes his tune about what he needs on his resume? Because Jesse Vargas really has faced some tougher competition than Keith Thurman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Heyman would make him change his tune, too, by saying, look, you wanted him to beat a name. You wanted us to build his resume while he beat Lamont Peterson. And let's say he beats Jesse Vargas. Yeah, time to fight. Time to fight. That means he would have beat Kel Brook, Lamont Peterson, and Jesse Vargas back to back to back. Yep, Thurman, time to fight him. It's time to fight. Good point. Yep. Uh, in the co-feature, we had Jamal James. Uh, he delivered a vicious body shot for a third-round knockout of Diego Chavez. On that wow. Fight. I really thought this was going to be the time that Diego Chavez got a fight on TV that we could see. But Jamal James got in there and took him out with the body shot. Diego Chavez was a favorite child for a long time, and he was always on the better side of decisions. But now he takes an L against Jamal James. Very impressive victory. I always like to see a knockout come by way of body shot. It takes a special kind of mm-hmm. discipline to end a man like that. So terrific victory for him. Yeah. John Molina, the biggest story probably of the entire weekend is John Molina, nine lives, rise from a knockdown to stop Ivan Redkoch in the fourth round of a slugfest. And many are saying that this fight deserves a mention as the last true fight of the year contender. Your thoughts, Jay? I completely agree. John Molina has nine lives when it comes to boxing. Just when you think that it's coming to an end, he brings out the the gladiator spirit and he gives an exciting fight. 
and he pulls out an improbable victory. Not that he was just so far you know, unfavored in the matchup against Red Catch, but in the manner that he does it, it's just crazy to see how John Molina manages to dig deep and pull out these victories. It's really, really impressive. And I don't think he gets the credit for those types of victories that other fighters do. He really, really has that warrior spirit. But when you think of great warriors in the sport, how few people mention John Molina Jr. I mean, he's mm-hmm. done as many formidable things as Orlando Salido. You, you know, right? he's, he's had some, some crazy fights and he's just never, ever in the conversation that way. And here we are again with John Molina drops red catch on TV. People are talking more about that fight than the main event. And then you think, well, what do you do? What do you do with him from here? You know what? That's going to be a really good question for Jake. We're going to ask Jake that. Where does John Molina go from here? Like when you look at the PBC stable and who Heyman has, and then he gets this big knockout win over Ivan Redkoch the way he did, people like to see him, and he makes a good TV. Uh, except, you know, when he fights, you know, like Terrence Crawford. But, look, there, there's a lot of good fights out there and a lot of paydays. Yeah. There's definitely opportunities for him to get in and get at it. He will never, ever be lacking mm-hmm. in the competition department on that side. Whether he keeps winning at this point in his career, because even with the win, he got down, he got off the canvas to get the win. He's taking a lot of punishment, a lot of punishment in these fights. So it'll be interesting to see where they move with him or what he chooses to do from here going forward. But we know he's not going to retire and untire, retire and yeah. unretire like uh, other fighters have done in the past. All right. Let's breeze through Saturday night show from Quebec, Canada on HBO. We had Billy Joe Saunders outpointed David Lemieux to retain the WBO middleweight world title on the main event. Jay, my eyes, <laughs> Lemieux is very basic. He has mm-hmm. power, that one punch power that he relies on so much, but he couldn't hit Saunders. Saunders boxed his ears off, took him to school, after the fight, we heard some excuses from Lemieux. Oh, I hurt my hand. Oh, he ran too much. No, you got schooled. He outboxed you phenomenally. Well, at least you can't blame it on the hair this time. Maybe we will call it what Billy Joe Saunders did in there against David Lemieux. We'll liken it to what what Tyson Fury did to Vladimir Klitschko. Maybe it's like a gypsy thing. Maybe it's some kind of special thing they do since they're both gypsies before they come in the ring. He completely outboxed David mm-hmm. Lemieux. I really thought David Lemieux was going to catch him. I had, I would have never guessed this would have been such a one-sided victory. But the thing that was just completely amazing to me, and we all commented as soon as he stepped in the ring, what the hell did David Lemieux eat from the time they weighed in to the time they fought? It was like he was in a food eating competition because he was bit, he had to be a good one eighty five. What the hell? I don't he know what was going looked on. So husky and so big. I mean, he looked terrible at the weigh in anyway. I think we all know he mm-hmm. has problems making weight, but the way he blew up, I mean, and and you could tell it looked like he was stuck in mud. He couldn't really move well. I mean, he was never like you know the most uh, technical nice boxer anyway. But it was like he was stuck. He was so flat. Terrible. The speed, lack of speed, lack of movement, lack of anything substantial. I bow down to Billy Joe Saunders. I did not predict him to win the fight. I thought Lemieux was going to catch him coming in with a big blow with one of those big power shots that you, like you mentioned, he is known for. 
but Billy Joe Saunders really boxed beautifully. Now, in the whole landscape of the middleweight division, do I favor him over Triple G? No. Do I favor him over Canelo? No. But he's definitely going to get one of them in the near future. So, uh, well, unless he doesn't well, take the fight well, yeah. again. And, and some of the guys that were salivating for Billy Joe Saunders next, you know, just going on Instagram, uh, we saw Demetrius Andrade. He was there, called him out at the fight. And Danny Jacobs went on there and was like, hold up, hold up. I'm getting him next. That That's my that meat before you. Um, I know Jamal Charlo would love to fight Billy Joe Saunders. He's on the other side of the street. But, man, if he could fight on HBO, there's some really good fights for Charlo over there. So these guys are salivating for Billy Joe Saunders, and I don't think he'd be an easy fight for anyone. Um, and, and I actually would pick Canelo to beat Billy Joe. Um, a lot of good fights for him. He, he made a really good coming out party for himself on HBO Saturday night. Yeah, it was good to see him on that platform. For those who were doubting yeah. and they just know Billy Joe of his notoriety, it was good to see him win in that fashion. So it just makes that conversation that much more interesting. Yeah, including your girl over here on the Morning Punch and Show. I mean, I always felt like Billy Joe was ducking fighters. It was one thing or another. He was hurt. He wasn't enough money. It wasn't the right time. It like I felt like it was always something with him, for, you know, ducking out of fights. But, boy, oh, he sure showed oh, me, feel- huh? Well, not really. I still think that. I still think that. He could have still had those same fights that we just yeah. mentioned. He got all the way down to the wire with, with Triple G and didn't take it. So I still think that. Just because he yeah. had an impressive victory on Saturday night doesn't mean he's not doing a running man on a few people. I have. Uh, well, in the uh, co-feature, we had Gary Spike Sullivan. He dropped and stopped Antron Douglas in the seventh round to earn a WBO Intercontinental middleweight title in the coming event. Jay, remember Man. when Antron Douglas was like the next hot thing on Showtime? And then Kurt Sazizi, or however you say his name, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like he sucked the life out of him, the fight out of him. I mean, it was, it was sad. It was really sad. It's few fights, you know, it's those, again, it's one of those types of fights that makes me feel like I'm getting a little too soft for boxing because that kid's, I, I cannot get the look out of that kid's face out of my head of how his eyes look like he just completely checked out. It was like a light had been switched off. And I just don't, I just don't under, I'm just so saddened for him. That Kirk Seedsy fight really sucked. It just took him. The way that whole fight was matchmade, it was like the matchmaker hated him, hated him to put him in that yeah. fight. It's so so young. Such a tough fight. You don't want to give him a cream puff, but Jesus, don't kill the kid when he's just what? on the ride. Well, you know what? Talking about cream puffs, I ended up going to his box rack, Antoine Douglas, that night to see where he had been since that Christie fight. And they actually did give him like three fights since then off oh. TV. We haven't really seen him. And they did kind of give him some cream puffs, some tune-ups, some showcases. And I think we just saw what he is. And there was a lot wrong there, fundamentally, technically, in his corner. There was just a lot of things wrong there. And I know a lot of fighters really like him because they say he's the nicest guy. He's the, he's the humblest guy, which is nice. But he's probably just not at this level anymore. And maybe he never really was. You know, a lot of times good marketing goes a long way. 
That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now here we are with him. You know, what happens after this? He's going to have to really sit down and do a lot of soul searching because that was a really tough loss. And he was fighting well in the opening rounds, but O'Sullivan just came on strong and just started mollywhopping him as the fight went on. And mm. here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And let's not take away from O'Sullivan. He did what he had to do. You know, he's not the prettiest thing to watch either, but he went in there, mm-hmm. handled his business, and, you know, he's probably going to get a nice fight with Golden Boy next. Um, they have mm-hmm. that big ESPN series next year. And, mm-hmm. you know, they still got Gabe Rosado, who just beat Glenn Tapia. You know, he's probably going to be in the running for the O'Sullivan fight. Um, if James Kirkland ever comes out of hiding, if he ever comes out of, you know, the FBI Witness Protection Program, <laughs> you know, maybe he could fight O'Sullivan. There's some good fights for Gary O'Sullivan within the Golden Boy stable. Yes, his market, the the guys over in Europe, they, they, they hold some good cards uh, in terms of negotiating fights because people need fights and they got belts. And belts matter. Yeah. At least belts matter to some. All right. Well, the opener was Ulysses. He dominated Felden from Long Island, New York, in a wide unanimous decision. I don't even know how this fight made it on TV. I love you, HBO. Don't know how this kid Selden made it on HBO month to month, back to back. Um, but anyway, he got beat. That was horrible. Yeah, it Let's keep it moving. Jay, let's take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back with Jake Donovan for Jake's Take. And shout out to Kendall Holt for listening to the Morning Punching Show this morning. Hey, Kendall Holt. What's up? John Francis Agency is comprised of dedicated insurance professionals who manage risk, protect wealth, and cater to clients' personal and business needs. We offer disability coverage for boxers as well as life and liability insurance, career-ending injury insurance, along with illness insurance is also offered through our agency. For more information, please visit us online at johnfrancisagency.com or call us today at 732-497-9624. John Francis Agency, our daily grind is protecting your wealth. Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. You're rocking with the morning punching show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. So, good morning, RB and J. How is your mother? We are doing great. Before we even get started, you have a little celebrity on your hand. Last night, J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, tweeted out a YouTube video of your daughter doing an open mic home that everyone was blown away by. Shout out to your daughter, Nina. Uh, thank you very much. I know yeah, Nina's very humbled by it. Uh, you know, J-Lo is one of the heroes. You know, J-Lo is a hero to, you know, obviously many more equals. Just not in the United States. I mean, you know, Boricua's everywhere. But I mean, that, that was a big moment for Nina. You know, last year she blew up with Nasty Woman. But this, this felt like something even bigger, I mean, because this is like, this is a personal acknowledgement. We're going to have to give her her own segment on this show. Man. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I always we said might, Nina, We might start popping, Jay. 
Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I always said if Nina cared anything about boxing, I, I wouldn't even have a job. So. Man, we're going to get Nina on it. She's going to come on the show and and do a little intro. RB&J, trendsetting, <laughs> boxing for women everywhere. Nasty yeah. women everywhere. Oh, My yeah. Boricua queen, stand up. Everybody <laughs> take a knee. Let me hear you holla. Man, Nina going to get it cracking for us. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Jake, let's get into it. Our Jake Take segment today. So this past Saturday ended the year for HBO and Showtime. We want mm-hmm. to discuss 2017 overall. You know, how was it a success, whether it was financially or the matchups or events? How good yeah. of a year was it for the fans? Would you call it a recovery year? And let's talk about 2018 being even better. The, absolutely. Um, I would absolutely call it um, a great rec- Everyone kept saying this is one of the greatest years for boxing. I, I'm going to give a quick uh, shout-out and, and, and remembrance to my man, Damon Ramirez, who you know died a horribly tragic mm. death over the weekend. Um, th- he was one of my mentors in the sport. He was one of the first guys to really teach me the inside-out of boxing. And one thing that he always said to me that always stuck with me was, like, people have seen so much bad boxing in our lifetime that they don't know what good boxing looks like. So to say that this mm. is a great year and one of the greatest years for boxing, you just haven't watched enough of the sport. You know, you don't know what good boxing looks like. This was a good year for the sport and a great recovery year for the sport because 2016 was just complete ass. It really was. Yeah. Everyone wanted to forget about it. We started off strong in 2017. My beef is I don't think we ended very – we could have ended a lot stronger. I, I didn't feel like we really went out with a bang. I mean, Billy Joe Saunders certainly did. He, you know, he put his name in the, in the middleweight sweepstakes. But as far as, like, the, whole, the past two months, yeah, this should have been like you know boxing at its best, especially with boxing on ESPN. The ratings on the rise. I felt like we got a lot of boxing in the end, and it's been a steady second half. It was a you know very good first half, and then a good second half to make it a good, maybe a very good year for boxing. I, I thought there was a lot of potential for it to be better, and the good news is it actually left room for it to be a lot better in 2018, as opposed to a lot of good fights happening this year and like nothing happening, you know, to start off next year. Hmm. So let's yeah. talk about the financial success of yeah. 2017. Let, let's, let's highlight some things. So let's reminisce a little bit because you're right. A lot of times the fans are very finical. So they remember what we got at the end of the year, but they forgot all of the good stuff that mm-hmm. we got in the beginning of 2017. There were some really good fights. There were some financial successes like Mayweather McGregor. We can't just like, right. act like that didn't happen, right? Of course. Yeah, uh, one thing with Mayweather McGregor, people have to understand this. This provided Showtime with a world of opportunity. And, you know, a major shout-out to Showtime. Uh, uh, you know, everybody's boxing buddy, Rick Laser asked, you know, the question <laughs> of how boxing was in 2017. And I broke it down in that thread. But, I mean, Showtime stepped up bigger than anyone else this year. I mean, yes, Top Rank got to deal with ESPN, but Showtime, like, they saw that HBO's budget is struggling. So, you know, Steven Espinosa, they have a chance to really become the face of boxing. And, the, mm. you know, they, they, you know, to use a baseball term, they, they really hit a grand slam this year, I think. You know, they stepped up. They invested a lot of money in fights. You know, they, they once again brought boxing back to CBS. I'd like to see that more on a regular basis rather than, you know, just a once-a-year show. But, you know, they're doing all the right things, and then they're already starting out strong in 2018. What helps that cause is the boatload of money that they made off of Mayweather McGregor. And sadly, mm. you know, the boxing hardcore fans don't want to hear this. But we need those sideshow defense, especially the ones that are guaranteed to make money like that. 
you know, I don't know if everybody turned a profit. I don't know, you know, if, you know, there was so much mm-hmm. guaranteed money that some people didn't make money. But I do know that Showtime is in a very good position. You know, they're definitely in the black this year, and they have, you know, reason to expand their budget for 2018. And we're already seeing it. I mean, they've announced three very, well, two very strong shows to start the year. There's a third mm-hmm. that's probably going to be announced soon for late January. But, I mean, that, they're off to a very st- strong start for 2018 already. What we need from them now, obviously, is to keep it, you know, all 12 months of the year. Their last show this year was November 4th with Deontay Wilder. The good news with that was Deontay's ratings went way up from his last appearance on Showtime. So I like the fact that Showtime is willing to build on that. So, you know, again, everyone had their thoughts on Mayweather-McGregor, but it it provided the opportunity for Showtime to really, you know, stake its claim as the face of boxing, at least stateside boxing. Yeah. Well, Jake, another event, and I'm going to need you to speak up a little bit more or get a little closer to your phone, but another event that I remember being very financially successful was Canelo Chavez. Did that not happen this year, or am I like... Uh, uh, Yeah, (laughs) and again, that was another sideshow event. People saw it as a gimmick, but, you know, for the fans in Mexico, it was a fight that was five years in the making, maybe even longer. You know, they finally found a way to make it happen. You know, a lot of people didn't like it because everyone wanted Canelo to fight Golovkin. You know, little did they know that fight was already in the mix. Canelo just wanted one more payday. He got it. He beat the snot out of Chavez. Um, And he's, I think, the second fighter this decade. Manny Pacquiao was the only other one to do this, where he was able to have two pay-per-view events in the same year that drew a million or more buys. I mean, so that really speaks to the drawing Mm -hmm. power of Canelo Alvarez. He's, you know, people want to see him on HBO, but he is without a doubt the sports, you know, pay-per-view star. If someone needs to be on pay-per-view, it's going to be Canelo Alvarez. And the right. fans are tuning in. I mean, regardless of the numbers that came with Canelo Golovkin, I know Golden Boy is trying to tout a bigger number that was actually the case. Regardless, Canelo really, you know, brought a lot of bank to Golden Boy and to HBO. You know, HBO needed it because, like I said, their budget is very struggling. Mm-hmm. And not all their events were successful. But Canelo Chavez, yes, I mean, they made a ton of money off that fight. And, again, that helped, you know, whatever money HBO made, that helped them contribute to the second half of their schedule. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, boxing needs events like this. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. But there is an audience that is going to buy it, and oh, that's actually right. good for the health of the sport because they can invest it in bigger fights. So exactly. let's talk about, so how can 2018 be even better then? Okay, uh, we still have a lot of gaps. I mean, for those who honor lineage, I'm one of those guys, I'm not always big on belts because there's so many of them. I love, Mm -hmm. you know, title lineage to me means (gasps) that someone cleaned out their division. There are not a lot of true champions anymore. I mean, Tyson Fury still recognizes the heavyweight champion, but he hasn't fought in two years. He might fight in 2018. So, I mean, to me, it's a sign that the best aren't, you know, we're seeing the best on, you know, a somewhat regular basis or at least more than has been the case. But we truly need to see the best against each other. And that means, you know, putting politics aside. You know, I'm sick and tired of hearing, you know, even like within PBC verse, it's like, you know, now Keith Thurman is deciding the guys he does and doesn't want to fight. And like you said, RB, you know, Al Heyman will likely fix that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as he's fighting once a year and deciding who he wants to fight that one time per year. I mean, that's a problem. You know, Keith Thurman and Errol Spence, if PBC is only going to match his guys against each other, Spence Thurman is a fight that absolutely needs to happen in 2018. If not, we need to get to a point where Terrence Crawford is fighting either Keith Thurman or Errol Spence. So we can't hear that Bob Arum doesn't want to do business with Al Heyman. We can't hear that, you know, Golden Boy doesn't want to do business with Bob Arum. We can't hear that Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren can't coexist, so we're not going to see Billy Joe Saunders and Daniel Jacobs. You know, the politics need to really step aside. And fans and media need to stop accepting that as an excuse. That's the big right. thing. It is so whack when that is the reason why a fight can't happen. Oh, Hearn can't work with Warren. <laughs> right. Top rank can't work with Heyman. I mean, it really hurts the fighters. Yeah, it hurts the fans, but 
you know, it, it hurts the fighters more, um, in my opinion. It really does. I mean, and I'm thinking of a guy like Daniel Jacobs this weekend. Like you said, he was, you know, he wants to be first in line to fight Billy Joe Saunders. If that fight, if you know that fight can't happen, then just go straight for Demetrius Andrade. You know, Andrade is now all of a sudden, he was the guy that didn't want fights for years. Now all of a sudden he wants to stay active. If he wants to stay active, you know, call him out. And if he doesn't want to fight, then get him the hell out of the way. Get Derevchenko in the ring. Get Jabal Charlo in the ring. There's a lot of, you know, middleweight division has the potential to be really hot. And there's a lot of guys that want to fight. Let's make these matches happen, all in the first half of 2018. Obviously, everyone can't stand in line, you know, waiting for Canelo and Triple G. They're likely going to fight in May. We know they're not going to fight, then yeah, absolutely, let's line them up as the next opponent. But if not, these guys need to start fighting each other and prove their case as the guy that should be next in line for the winner of Canelo and Triple G. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, let's real quick look at the yes. first couple months of 2018 where, you know, we had some really good fight announcements already. There's some fights mm-hmm. that are in the works for early 2018. And it looks right. like, again, that Showtime is going to be coming out pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Errol Spence-Lamont-Peterson uh, fight. I mean, just because I'm, I'm a big fan of both guys, you know, even aside from the writer and me liking the matchup. I, I just genuinely like both guys. Um, you know, maybe stylistically it heavily favors Spence, but, you know, what fight really isn't at Wolfweight outside of a match with, you know, Thurman or, or Terrence Crawford at this point? You know, Spence is going to be a big favorite over everyone. You know, he only got one fight in 2017. I know that angered him, you know, even if he wasn't that public about it. So I like that he's fighting in the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm glad that Lamont Peterson is getting back in the ring. So, um, I also, one fight I really like that a lot of people don't is Mikey Garcia and Sergey Lipinets. Um, everyone wanted Garcia uh, Linares, myself included. What I'm looking at, though, is, I, you know, while I'm upset that Garcia didn't take the Linares fight, he took a very tough fight for his first one at 140. You know, maybe he goes in there and schools lip and yet, who knows? But, I mean, you know, that's not a guy that you just call out for your very first fight at a new weight. I mean, he had the fight with Broner, so I guess he got a feel for it. But this is his first, you know, title fight at 140. You know, there's a lot of easier ways to go get a title than, you know, chasing a dangerous puncher like Lip. What I don't like is that, you know, Lenaris wanted the Garcia fight, and now he's got a very soft touch for his first fight of 2018. Um, I don't like that card that HBO has to start off the year. It's very weak, both for um, mm. Lenaris and Lucas Matisse. It's two guys you want to see on TV and in the ring. But it's, you know, they're basically set up, not set up fights, but they're stay busy fights for both of them, which is what you don't want to see on HBO, which for decades has been the leader of boxing. Yeah. So, And it does look like we might get a Donna Stevenson versus Bobby Jack in the first mm. quarter of 2018. There's some really yeah. good fights that are in the works, that are in play, that are all going to hit in the first quarter, which is cool with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. Like I said, I'm, um, super, let's not forget Superfly 2 in late February. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, so like I said, the first two months already, we're seeing, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about, you know, the health of boxing in 2018. What we need is for it to continue throughout the year. So uh, March, I mean, they're talking about Sergey Kovalev coming back in Madison Square Garden. I like the fact that Kathy Duver recognizes she needs to keep her guy active. She needs to keep him on TV and in tough fights. You know, he's rumored to be fighting Sullivan Barrera. You know, maybe that fight happens. Maybe it doesn't. But she's putting him in a market where she thinks she could finally build for Sergey Kovalev. He needs that because, you know, after coming off two losses to Ward and not having a fan base, you know, he's in the rebuilding stage, but he's the guy that wants the tough fights. So, I mean, we're already into first week of March, and, you know, there's already a lot of boxing. So that's very good news. A lot of good boxing. All right, Jake Donovan, thank you again for another fantastic installment of Jake's Take. (laughs) 
shout out to your very talented, amazing, amazing daughter and her accomplishments. And we look yes. forward to keep talking to you during the week. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And as I always say, it's my favorite part of every Monday. Oh, oh, thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jakey. <laughs> All right. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. Are you an entrepreneur looking to find out where to start or develop a business plan? Are you looking to start a business or grow your business revenue? Are you a business owner that needs fresh new ideas or needs to solve challenges with strategy, marketing, or process? Red Beach Advisors is a management consulting group focused on helping entrepreneurs, startups, and companies build, grow, and scale. Contact Red Beach Advisors at info at redbeachadvisors.com or 424-247-6143. Red Beach Advisors helps companies build, grow, and scale through strategy, process, systems, and people. We are the experts. Contact us at 424-247-6143 or www.redbeachadvisors.com. Thank you. We are back. This is the Morning Punch and Show with RB and J. And it looks like our guest of the of the hour is on with us. Please welcome the IBF Super Middleweight Champion and the new Caleb Truex. Good morning, Caleb. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Not as good as you, but we're doing pretty great. You've made it. <laughs> Not so many people are doing as good as me right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling. So once once you had your hand raised in victory, it was a fantastic victory, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. An interesting fact that we found out about you was that you worked in a liquor store and you might still be on payroll. Are you still on payroll at the liquor store? No, and will no you I, I, uh, I, I quit uh, probably about three years ago and started boxing full-time. And I was I was working uh, part-time and, and boxing up until, I think it was up until my before my fight with uh, Dan Jacobs in like 2014. So I, uh, I've been uh, able to box full-time for a few years now, but just uh, oh, got a little bit easier with that win. <laughs> Are you going to go back over there with the belt on to the store? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I see some of the people that I used to work with, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Well, we know you were we know you were a little bit of a late bloomer. You know, you didn't start boxing until you were like 19. Um, I think you had like a, a knee injury. You were a football player. You know, yeah. not a huge amateur background. Maybe like 30, 35 amateur fights. You even competed, I think, in, like, tough man competitions before even becoming a full-time pro boxer. Give us a little bit about your background for the people who don't know you. Yeah, um, so so like you said, I was, I was a football player and, and a baseball player in high school. I went to college to play football and uh, ended up hurt my knee and, and uh, just uh, – I wasn't I was never going to be an NFL player or nothing like that anyway, so uh, I just wanted to concentrate on uh, college and I came back to the University of Minnesota and I was just bored, basically. I, 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 you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, and didn't have nothing to uh, to keep my uh, uh, competitive drive going. So I decided to uh, uh, try out boxing. I started by doing a tough man tournament, and I did a couple of those, and then I went into amateur boxing. And 14 years later, here I am. Mm. That that's pretty amazing. So actually, we're looking at our Twitter timeline, and people are tweeting us, asking us questions to ask you. And we have a question here from a fan that says, 
were you able, did you shovel the driveway and clean up after the dog like the wife asked you to when you got back? <laughs> I did, I did. I, 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 uh, I tweeted about that uh, the other day. I got home and, and uh, uh, you know, get home and, and celebrate for a day with my girlfriend. And, and then uh, the next morning, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm a world champ, baby. It's, uh, our, lives are, our lives just got changed forever. And it's like, yeah, that's, uh, we're proud of you, but can you go shovel the driveway and, and uh, go pick up the dog, uh, pick up the dog crap before garbage day. <laughs> Back to oh, business as normal. She, she, she keeps in ground and she keeps it on my toes. <laughs> Look, this was an amazing fight. You went over, this was your first uh, trip over over to England to compete in this fight. What was the reception like when you first arrived there during fight week for this uh, James DeGale fight? Um, the, the, for the most part, the fans were all cool, man. They, they, uh, they're a knowledgeable uh, boxing public and, and the media is great over there. I mean, it's, it's a lot uh bigger i guess than, than it is over here you know it's one of their major sports i would say and and uh so it was cool the the reception was good and uh obviously they were cheering for for their uh their hometown guy but uh a lot of the people that i met in the boxing gym that i was at working out over there and on the street and stuff they they said they're cheering for their their british guy but at the same time they they wouldn't be uh upset if i won because they thought he was all uh, kind of a jerk so it's uh everybody was cool <laughs> <laughs> was he a jerk? I mean, because I think that is the perception he gives off. Is he? Is James Gill a jerk? Like, you can uh, be honest. Uh, he you was, won't tell anybody. He was. He was. Uh, he was respectful. Uh, you know, in, in the uh, in the uh, um, the press conference and the post fight stuff, he didn't do nothing crazy. The only the only thing that bothered me was it was it, it was almost worse than like talking trash. To me, it was worse than talking trash. But he was just like dismissive. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, him and his promoter were Frank Warmer talking about, you know, who, who they're going to fight in 2018 and, and mm. when they're going to fight Groves and Gale and and, uh, and Benavidez and all these people and talking about how much money they're going to make next year. I'm sitting, you know, two spots away at the press and I'm just looking at him and I'm like, all right, man, I got you. Mm. <laughs> you got to get I'm back. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> wow, with this victory- some of those – go ahead, Jay. Oh. oh, no, I was going to say, with this – now as you defeat James DeGale – Another left hand, another southpaw. Are you? Can we change your name? Can we start calling you the southpaw killer? Because clearly you have figured out what so many cannot. And what is the key notching these victories over southpaws, where everyone else feels like these are this is like an insurmountable task? You know, I had uh, I had real good sparring uh, for for this fight. That's a, the main thing is just getting good uh, southpaw sparring. And I boxed with uh, with Aaron Coley. From uh, Oakland, California, he's a good. Uh, he's like 16 and one, a real good uh, uh, middleweight prospect at the southpaw. And he gave me good rounds, and he also like we we sat down and talked, and and uh, he broke it down like what what he thought I could expect from the Gale, and that helped a lot. That just those uh, those little techniques and stuff like that helped a lot. And also, uh, I, I I have a pretty good straight right hand, and and uh, that's kind of my my go-to punch, and that's always uh, that's always the uh, southpaw killer. So uh, it's all about just the uh, sparring, and also my. My uh, my my manager is a southpaw, so he uh, he kind of gives me uh, uh, gives me some of the old tricks of the trade that, that he used to do uh, when he was uh, when he was uh, back in the, in the day when he was a fighter. We have Kendall Holt who is listening to the show with him. He says he's a southpaw killer too because he too is seven and zero. So maybe yeah. <laughs> you guys could you guys could found a new company. We'll call it Caleb and Holt or Holt and Caleb. And you will teach clinics to fighters around the nation or start a developmental league for Olympians on how you, too, can kill southpaws. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to knock people off like he has in the past, man. That's it. 
man, I used to love watching Kendall Holt. Uh, it was hard yeah. when he, watching him fight Danny Garcia because, you know, I wanted to root for the Philly kid, but I loved Kendall. Ooh, that was a tough fight to watch. Um, yeah. But anyway, back to you. This is about you. Is this not the Kendall Holt show? So this was your first fight in England. Um, how long did you? How long before the fight did you get over there to try to acclimate, you know, to the food, the weather, and the time, and all that? Yeah, um, we 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 got over there on Monday of the week of the fight, so we had about uh, we had about uh, six days to uh, to get ready. Uh, ideally, ideally, I would have liked a little bit more time, but it was kind of uh, a take it or leave it type of deal with this promotion. So uh, we 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 uh, were there from Monday until. Wednesday, I actually stayed a few days after just to, uh, to check out the city. I, I'd never been there uh, in even on vacation or anything, so got to visit, mm-hmm. uh, do some of the landmarks and stuff after. Yeah, that's awesome. So this win, what does it really, really do for you? So we know the Gale and his promoter, they were calling out a bunch of other big names. They were already talking about the money. You know, realistically, how does this change your life, this win? Uh, well, financially, obviously, you know, having the belt, you uh, you are able to uh, make a lot more money. Sorry, my dog's barking in the background. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, financially, it's gonna it's gonna uh, you know step up my pay, obviously, a lot. I mean, I, I I've been I've done all, all right in my career, and I was able to do it full time, but I never had like a huge, you know, uh, giant payday to, that's like life changing, and hopefully, that's what this will bring. We hope so, too. I mean, that moment was just so special. I mean, the way that you hit the ground and you cried, I think we all felt your glory at that moment. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I stay in love with boxing, because of fighters like you and the hard work, the sacrifice, and then to see it on your face, you know, because the, yeah. the sport can be so brutal and sometimes so unfair. But I did a little research, and it seems that you are only the second boxer from Minnesota to ever win a world title. Do you know who the other fighter was that – was a world yeah, champion my, in the late 1990s. Well, there, there's been four, but I know you're talking about my main man, Steel, uh, Will Grigsby. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was one named Michael Dowd, a middleweight champion. That was like back in like the 20s or something like that, yep. 1920s. And then, and then Johnny Ertl was another one who was a bantamweight. I think he was back in like 1905 or something like that. Okay, Caleb. <laughs> a, a boxer mm-hmm. and a scholar. <laughs> well, I can't take credit for that because uh, I knew about Steel uh, Will Grigsby, but uh, uh, we got a, a local guy that uh, is like a boxing historian, and he, he texted me after the fight and congratulated me and told me that. So. That is awesome. Caleb, it was just such an honor to see you, you win in the fashion you do. There's so many times where – Fighters come in as the as the underdog or the B side in the fight, however you want to call it, and to see you win and just embrace the moment and just show the true emotion, as RB mentioned, of all your sacrifice. Because I think sometimes we see a lot of fighters take their accolades for granted and they think, oh, this is nothing. But it is a lot of tough work to go over into enemy territory. You have them, you know, lightweight talking greasy, disrespecting you during the fight. We talking about all the fights that they're going to get. And I also saw that you mentioned on Twitter that now you want that same energy, those same fights, those same opportunities. Yeah. Do you think Absolutely. those opportunities are realistic for you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, there, there may be a rematch with uh, with the Gale, for, uh, first of all. But uh, if I get past that, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, we got some word on the corner. Right. Yeah, well, they, they he he uh, he said he wants uh, a rematch, and and I'm I'm willing to I'll go back to London and and beat him up again. I don't care. I'd, I'd rather have it here in Minnesota, but uh, it's uh, if they pay me more and 
over in London, I'll go back there. That's right. Well, thank you for that little bit of word on the curb there. That was that was tight. Before we let you go, we have a quick game that we yeah. like to call Spitfire. And, you know, if you don't want to answer any of these questions, you could definitely plead the fifth, but we don't have anything too dirty for you today. So you ready to play Spitfire before we let you go? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Favorite fighter to watch today? Today? Uh, let me see. Uh, I like uh, I like watching Lomachenko. I like that watching Andre Ward, but he just retired. All right, favorite fighter of all time. Uh, Felix Trinidad. Oh my God, me too. We just bonded. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my dog. That's, oh my, I named God, my dog after right. Felix Tito Trinidad. Is my is my dog's name too. You just Get out. My favorite fighter. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, most technical boxer today in boxing. Who is it? Most technical boxer. Most technical. Um, Come on, they're supposed to be quick. Right, Terrence, Terrence Crawford. All right, favorite boxing movie of all time? Uh, the Great White Hype. Worst part about training camp? Not eating what I want and not being able to drink any beer. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> if you could make a fight of any two active fighters today, who would you make? Uh, Wilder and, and Joshua. What is the last fight that you watched and you really got into and was really excited about it? Um, I really, I really love that, that, uh, Joshua Klitschko fight because it was, you know, you don't see heavyweight fights like that too often. And I thought it was really good for the sport. All right. And one last one, spit us a hot 16 of your favorite rap song right now. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have to plead the fifth on that one. I'm more of a, I'm more of a oldie guy. If you ask me for some Bill Withers lyrics, I could probably do that, but, uh, I'm a, I'm a plead the fifth on, on rapping. <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. Well, it is an absolute pleasure. Congratulations on your victory. Enjoy your IBF super middleweight title. We look forward to seeing what's next for you in the ring and good luck. And you have some friends here with RB and J. Feel free to stop by with us anytime. We'd love to have you. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right. right. Have a good one. AceRevealWild.com phone cards provide customers with a secure and convenient platform for purchasing quality telephone airtime. We give customers the opportunity to play games and win real cash payouts. Check us out online at AceRevealWild.com for our weekly Wednesday hump day special of a $10 bonus for a $30 purchase, plus our daily blue light special of $5 bonus for a $20 purchase. So when you think you want to go wild, think AceRevealWild.com phone cards and sign up for your VIP account today. Be bold, win big, go wild. Only at AceRevealWild.com. Are you an elite athlete looking to take your training to an elite level? Then Porter High Performance Center in Las Vegas is your number one spot. Our private training facility offers you high-altitude chambers, a boxing ring with telestrators, cryogenics tubs, helix machines, a multi-purpose weight machine, and more. Come and train like an elite champion with us at Porter High Performance Center. For more information, contact us on social media at Porter High Performance and through former world champion at Showtime Sean P. And we are back. We are having, I'm having a great time with you, RB, this Me morning. Too. You're listening to the Morning Punch-In Show. Shout out to Caleb Truex, the new champion. But this, I'm just having a great time this morning. Me too. And he was so much fun. And 
you know, just that underdog that you see go over there and pull it off and become a real world champion. I like to say all the time that world champs fight all over the world. And that's what he did. Kudos to him. And he's willing to go back and do it again, especially if there's more money involved, which there would be. You know, that, that's another main event over there. And to be honest, if he goes over there and rematch, I'll give him the victory again. I, mm-hmm. I think he takes it again. He might take it in even better fashion. So we'll keep an eye out on him and make sure you guys all follow him on Twitter if you aren't already. And his Twitter is at Golden Caleb T, C-A-L-E-B, the letter T, Golden Caleb T. So make sure you give the Southpaw mm-hmm. Killer a follow. Let's jump into well, some... Oh, go ahead, Harvey. No, I was going to say, if, you're hi- if you've been hiding under a rock... We've been doing a lot of Christmas shopping all week. We got the latest news coming up. We got, in case you missed it here, Jay, I know that you've been all over the place and following a lot of things. So catch us up to speed. What's been going on? Been around the world. Okay. And in case you missed it, news. Eddie Hearn says there's a chance that Anthony Joshua could fight Tyson Fury at the end of the year. Hearn says that in an ideal world, AJ would fight three times in 2018 against Parker Wilder in Fury. So we will see what happens with that. It looks like the next step for Anthony Joshua will be Parker, but you never know what happens at the end of the year. Ultimately, he, he and Wilder will make a collision course on Showtime since they're both contractually obligated to the network. So it's just a matter of time and we will see what happens with Fury. In other news, an, In an interview with ESPN Deportes, Juan Manuel Marquez reveals that investors in the Philippines offered him $100 million to travel over to the Philippines to face Manny Pacquiao in a fifth bout bout of their ongoing series, but he turned it down. He says that there was an offer for a fifth fight against Manny Pacquiao in the Philippines for $100 million, and I refused it in order to keep my honor and glory of the fourth fight from 2012. Wow. Wow. $100 $100 million. That's not a little bit of money, but no. honor can't be bought. Honor and glory can't be bought. You're right. You're right about that. I might have taken $100 million, but that's just Jay. I, I, mean, I probably would have taken it, too. I'm just saying, but yeah. Damn right. All right. <laughs> Tyson Fury, the former WBA Super IBO, IBF, WBO World Heavyweight Champion, has been handed a reprieve by the UK Anti-Doping Association, and he is free to resume his career in 2018, he will be accepting a backdated two-year ban. So all that time he was sitting out, they'll accept that as time served, and he is able to get back into the ring. So that is uh, all we got for him. On to Sergey Lipinets and Mikey Garcia. What happens now? So as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'll be going to that press conference today. But in case you miss this news, no matter what happens with that fight, Mikey Garcia will remain the WBC light heavyweight champion when they fight on February 10th. Mauricio Suleiman of the WBC said on Twitter that Garcia will keep the 135-pound championship because he and Jorge Linares are on a course to fight following their upcoming bouts. Venezuela Linares. Venezuela Linares is a WBC light diamond lightweight champion and the mandatory challenger for Garcia when he won over... Dehan Slatikanen. That was mm-hmm. Mikey Garcia won over Slatikanen. So that's what we do in these days. You mm-hmm. fighting, but uh, you can still keep your belt. And what's the point of having a belt? And that's no disrespect to Mikey Garcia. I know very well not to cheer, uh, not cheer, but to pick 
against Mikey Garcia because of two times that I have, it's bitten me in the butt. But just from the perception of that, it's just strange to me. You I'm done trying there. to figure out organizations and their rules and, you know, look look what happened with Luis Ortiz. He popped dirty, still allowed to fight. I, I, I'm, I'm done trying to figure out these sanctioning bodies and how they do things and how they make up belts and when it's okay to do certain things and when you uh, done, I'm over it. I just want to see fights. I'm not going to figure it out. Boxing continues to be the wild, wild west. For those who are missing Andre Ward, you know what? He's missing you too. Andre Ward says (laughs) that traveling over uh, to sit on these HBO broadcasts has given him that little bit of pull that he does miss from boxing and he says, you know, sometimes he feels that that pull, but he had some physical ailments and things over the past years that were part of the contributing factors for him to retire. And he says that all of these details will be detailed. All of these things will be detailed in an upcoming documentary where he is the subject. And he had this to say, it was a succession of moments. It just wasn't one moment. I've been dealing with a lot of physical issues over the years. I don't talk about it. I just put my head down and deal with it right now. I'm working on a documentary. You'll see some things that'll be revealing. You guys are going to see some of the things I had to go through before the first Kovalev fight. And that's going to be alarming. The fact that we even made it to the fight, the shape my shoulder was in before surgery in 2013. So Mm. be on the lookout from that, from Andre Ward. So, Hey, he misses you too. If you miss him, he misses you too. (laughs) Also, interesting. uh, Carl Frampton, oh, Carl Frampton, here's some news. For those of you who are fans of Carl Frampton, reportedly that Carl Frampton could be back in the ring on April 7th in Belfast against none other than Nonito Donaire. According to Frank Warren's, according to his promoter, Frank Warren, Carl Frampton will be in April 7th, and that is the leading name to be discussed for the former four division champion, Nonito Donaire. So look out for that. That's an interesting fight. Nonito Donaire got out of his contract and he's you know, going ahead and he's still getting fights. So maybe he mm-hmm. was the best move for him. That's a pretty good fight if he gets it. For those of you, For those of you who missed Teddy Atlas, because I, you know, I was complaining about you guys complaining about complaining about Teddy Atlas <laughs> a few weeks ago. And I'm sorry, you'll have to continue complaining because it looks like Teddy is off for good. ESPN confirmed that the weekend that the removal of Teddy Atlas from the boxing events will be permanent. After 21 years of calling fights, he is off the network. He still had two to three years left on his existing contract, but he is off. I'm a little disappointed by that. Whether you love or hate it, Teddy, Teddy was authentically Teddy at all times. Yeah, and, you know, I know that what put the nail in the coffin was that one ESPN show where him and Mark Kriegel just weren't really seeing eye to eye. And, you know, yeah, maybe he was a little rude. Um, I think he was just so frustrated. But I I think that put the nail in the coffin. I mean, ESPN doesn't want a commentator on there talking about the judges are crooked, that there's robberies, that nobody knows nothing in boxing. This is an embarrassment. I mean, they – you know, they don't want that on their network. Yeah. Water in the basement. Two more topics. Orlando Salido, as we know, he came up short against Mickey Roman last weekend and said he was done. Guess what? Ha ha. No, he's not. He'll be back in 2018. He said he was just kidding. He will be back in 2018. And lastly, <laughs> Saddam Ali will, will remain at 154 
after defeating Miguel Cotto. He won't be going back to 147. Yeah, he said he wants to stay there. He wants to defend the title there. So, uh, paging Jermel Charlo, paging Jermel Charlo. Saddam Ali (laughs) is uh, at 154, and he is waiting. That's a great fight. I give Charlo the edge in that fight. I'm just refusing to pick against the Charlos anymore. So, Saddam Ali... He's out there and he's ready to work at 154. And that's all you're in case you missed the news. Interesting. Well, some fights that were set last week that might have flew under the radar. Uh, Robert Easter versus Javier Fortuna, which we gave you that word on the curb last week. Mm-hmm. Well, it was formally announced and added to the Spence Peterson card on January 20th at the Barclays. Danny Garcia and Brandon Rios and Benavidez Graville. That is for February 17th, but those fights are pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered as well. Fields for Dejo is actually going to return to the ring on March 17th. Top Rank is doing a big St. Paddy's Day card at the Madison Square Garden, so Michael Conlon will be on there, Shakur Stevenson, Michaela Mayer, a lot of his prospects, Tafimo Lopez, and Fields for Dejo is said to be back on that card as well. And we've already talked about it a few times today, but Mikey Garcia and Sergey Lipines is official February 10th in San Antonio. So oh, we got it. Hey, RB, you mm-hmm. called all those fights. Can we get our props? Y'all going to give us our it props? Tradition, the word on the curb. We, we RB drops the word on the curb every week, and then we see an announcement immediate following in about 17 articles. But nobody says, hey, you know what? Let me hook our girls up. Look your girls. Up. Right, right. Well, what, what I want to do is I want to take one quick commercial break. We have like three minutes left. I've got a little bit of word on the curb. There's no weekend fight schedule for us. If anybody does want to play Know It or Blow It, we do have a photograph that is autographed by Manny Pacquiao that we can send to you mm-hmm. if you want to play and win. So let's take one quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Play Know It or Blow It. I'll dish the word on the curb and we'll wrap up for the week. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. I feel Alrighty, like we should Jay. come in with some uh, ludicrous I got pros in different area codes. <laughs> yeah, so look, if you want to play Know It or Blow It, if you want to win a photograph signed by Manny Pacquiao, it is authentic memorabilia, press one. The question is actually pretty easy today. We'll give you 10 seconds on the clock. And uh, if you win, we'll send you a, an autographed photograph of Manny Pacquiao. Anybody willing to play, press one now. We- we see you, 773-562-916-718-816. Anonymous caller, we see you, too, 818. <laughs> we, it's a lot of you out there. I see some 213s and 504s and 212s and 917s. What's good? Go ahead and press 1 on your keypad and try to win this memorable, Manny Pacquiao memorabilia. It is authenticated courtesy of our Sponsor of Boxing Insider. Make sure you visit Boxing Insider for all the latest boxing news, as you just heard during our commercial break. But we need somebody to press one. Are you scared? Y'all like to come at us on Twitter and try to challenge us, but what's good? 
Yeah, well, I'm just going to go ahead and dish the word on the curb. It's only a very okay. little bit of word on the curb, and it's not even all that exciting. But it's been a very dead week. I think everybody's ready for the holidays, and a lot of things have already been announced. But the one fight that I'm hearing about, word on the curb, is that they are making Peter Quillen versus Jay Leon Love. So expect Ooh. for that to be announced soon. They're just waiting for the ink to dry on the contract. You know, making sure everybody's good with the money and everything else. But Peter Quillen versus Jay Leon Love at 168. It will probably land on that February card with Benavidez Graville. And uh, who was the other one I mentioned? Oh, Garcia Branario. So look out for Peter Quillen versus Jay Leon Love. That's the word that's, on the curb. That is, an, that's, very, that's interesting. I'm going to have to really kind of marinate on that one. I was That was not what I was expecting you to say. You know what, for, for those of you who crashed this week, well, do you know what, for, for those of you listening and the word on the curb, we, we prep for our show and we do our notes or everything, but it's very rare that I know all the word on the curb before we get on the air. So you're getting my authentic reaction to some of yes, these things. So yes. Sometimes if you hear a pause, it's because I'm trying to digest it. But yeah, I don't know what to think about that one. Yeah, I love catching Jay off guard. Anybody willing to play know it or blow it? If not, we are going to wrap up and be done today. We Anybody don't... willing to play know it or blow it? Nah, fam. We about to say Josh. They don't want Man, it with us Kendall, today. if you're listening, you better press one because you will know this one off the top of your head, and I will send you a photograph of Manny Pacquiao autograph. <laughs> oh, wait. Somebody did press one. <laughs> I don't think it's Kendall, but we'll see who it is. What's up, 773? You are all with your girls, RB and J. Who is this and where are you calling from? Good, magnificent Monday morning. This is Jason oh. from Chicago. What's good? Jason from Chicago. What's going on? What's good? Here we go. We are going to give you 10 seconds on the clock. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. All right. The youngest boxer to win a world title at the age of 17 is? Who is the youngest boxer to win a world title at the age of 17? Is it Mayweather? No, I don't even think he was pro yet. The youngest boxer that won a world title at the age of 17. Ah. Ah. Fredo Benitez. Oh. Cheetle. That's all right. That's all right. All right. I'll, try, I'll try again another week. All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Jason uh, from Chicago. Well, shit. Shoot. Excuse me. This was really fun this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to wrap up. We are, over the next week or two, going to be prepping for our year end yes. uh, award show which is going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of, you know, guests calling in, and we're going to give a bunch of prizes out. So, um, you know, you probably won't hear from us Monday. Everybody have a super Merry Christmas. We are going to be getting ready for our end-of-year show, like I said. Today's show is brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com, John Francis Agency, Porter High Performance Center, Nationwide AutoWarranties.com, War Tape Brand, Red Beach Advisors, and AceRevealWild.com. Make sure you visit badculture.net. Make sure you're following Jay today. She will be yeah. at the Mikey Garcia Lippinets press conference in L.A. We appreciate you guys for listening today. 
and catch us on the Morning Punch and Show in two weeks for the year-end show from 8 to 9. Have a good one.